Okay, great. Okay, hello. Hello, Mia. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being a part of my podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess the first thing is, uh, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Yeah. My name's Sean Alvarez. Uh, I'm currently teaching first grade at Trinity Basin Preparatory in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I have a little experience where I went to Berlin for a year and I taught English over there. And now I'm going into my second year uh, at TBP, Trinity Basin Preparatory. Okay, very cool. So what led you to education and to teaching? Yeah, honestly, when I was growing up, I really didn't know what I was wanting to do. So like I was, I was like 20 years old and my major was psychology. I was going to, I was going to UTA, University of Texas at Arlington. And I just, yeah, I just didn't really know. So I was just at home, just relaxing, doing whatever. And a uh, episode of House Hunters International came on and I really, like it just caught me. I was like, that's what I want to do. I w- on this show, I knew I was going to do House Hunters <laughs> I want to do House Hunters International. No, it sparked my, my you know, my creativity, my, my uh, e, um, imagination, I should say. And in the show, they were teaching English, uh, I think in Thailand, in Thailand. And um, I knew I wanted to teach English abroad. And I didn't know where I was going to go to, uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. I was I was actually going to go to uh, Korea for a little bit, but then I decided to teach in Berlin because I'm originally from Berlin. I was born in Berlin, and I have family over there and uh, on my mom's side. And uh, yeah, I wanted to go to Berlin to teach English, and so at that moment, I had like a a direction, a path in life, a goal. And I think that's super important in, in life in general is to have something like higher purpose, something you're striving for. And education was that for me. And so do you, how do you feel, what do you think you learned from your time in Berlin, I guess? So you're drawn to it from your ancestral roots and things like that. And in that year, what do you think you learned? It just in general, the whole, just, okay, yeah. Yeah, in general. Yeah, honestly, like, so I was teaching English and yeah, that I learned a lot about the kids and all that, but I would say like the biggest learning experience for me was honestly, like you said, like going back to my roots. Like I'm close with my, my grandparents are still alive and they're, they're still living in Berlin. And so I already have like family and friends who live there. I'm already have like a, I guess you could say like a base there, you could say a good family connection. But just spending, just being able to spend time and have conversations with my grandparents in German, because they only speak German, uh, to have like a more, you know, just impactful, meaningful conversations and talking with them. That was honestly all I wanted, just to talk to my grandparents. (laughs) I know, (laughs) but that's really the truth. I mean, that's, I think, I think that's a, real statement I most people go and teach abroad for like less 
important reasons, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. like oh, I want to see something, new, which isn't like it's just fair. Like you're allowed to want to see something new. Um, I guess I, my next question would be, how do you think teaching in Germany is different than teaching in like the United States, for example? Yeah. So like just a disclaimer, like I did not, I was not a classroom teacher in Berlin. Like mm. what I was doing in Berlin, I was. I was working for this company called Sprock Center Marom, which mm-hmm. I was basically working in the mornings at a in a kindergarten. I was mm-hmm. working with four or five year olds, four and five year olds, and then in the afternoon I would go to a school, uh, different schools each day, uh, and I would have like a class like five to ten kids per class. And we would just have like English lesson, like an English lesson. So I would just like go and have, just play games in English with, with these yeah. kids. Um, mm-hmm. But the biggest difference would be, I guess, like just like being in Dallas. I was, I'm like a classroom teacher, like something, you know, like a classroom teacher. And in Berlin, I wasn't, I was not. So that's probably the biggest difference, just, just the job description. Yeah. What are some examples of the games you would play with your students in English? Yeah, so I remember this one game. It was like a relay race. We had flashcards. That, that was basically our our uh, materials. We had flashcards. Mm-hmm. And in the flashcards, it was like animals, for instance. And they would have... It would be like a long hallway and I would, or in the room and they would like run back and forth and do like a relay where they would have to run to the card, get the card, say the word, come back. And the first team to, you know, complete the race wins, of course. Or we would also have like this long jump where they would like just stand and jump to the word, <laughs> the flash card um, mm-hmm. and say the word. Uh, those are the games that I really remember or like uh, red light green light yellow light that was really big on little kids so I was teaching kids from my youngest kid was three years old my oldest was probably like nine ten so I had like a big range of different classes and so Okay, so you're teaching almost all grade levels then, yeah. and then mostly interacting with them using games. I think that's pretty similar to what I do as like a Fulbright teaching assistant. I teach all the classes. I teach 16 classes for like 30 minutes per class, once a week. And I, yeah. I in my opinion, I'm like, I, I think because I've done the opposite of you, right? Where like you started out as like being this, this aide, this assistant, their English specialist, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go from doing that in small groups and activities to planning and being a full-time classroom teacher, teaching all subjects. And I did the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so at times I just feel like, I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Like, this is not what I would do, blah, blah, blah. And I think that I actually honestly pretty much hinders me a little bit. But I mean, yeah, that's interesting to hear that from you because sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is this the most effective way to be teaching something? Is this a Spain thing? So it's nice knowing that it's like something that they do in Germany as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know. That's pretty crazy. And so, what do you think were? How do you think that your time in Germany has impacted your view of education globally? 
question. <laughs> it's different, of course, it's different across European countries and especially Germany and the U.S. Um, in Germany, they're just more. I don't know, like the correct way to say this, but like more free, they're more open, they're more like they let the kids be a little bit more independent. Whereas I feel like in the U.S., like we're very like strict on like like helicopter parents, like we're helicopter teachers sometimes, which I don't agree with, honestly. Um, but just having, honestly, just having a different outlook and experiencing something else was the biggest uh, learning experience. Just having that experience to know something different, to see a different way. Um, I was also, I was also spent some time in a school in Berlin and I, I like it. It's just different. I don't know how to say it really. It's just, it's just different and it's a different way of life. It's a, a different way of like teaching. It really comes down to like a different way of life. Just like the outlook on life itself impacts uh, education. Do you say the cultural differences that come through in like these different educational spaces? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you think? So about those, what are like the big, what would you say are like the big cultural differences? Like I think the, the stereotype in Spain is like, oh, okay, like Spanish are really like, no pasa nada, blah, 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 like be late. And I think that's such a stereotype because at my school, they I'll be like five minutes late because my bus has like 20 stops and then they'll get on me and they're like why are you late why do you come at this time but then if I come at the earlier time I'm like 20 minutes early for school and I don't have it I'm not a classroom teacher like you said so it's not like I'm like I have a classroom to go to that thing doesn't mean I don't have a classroom no, yeah, to go absolutely. to like I don't have students to pick up I'm just like there 20 minutes early um and I think it's funny because that's the stereotype they're like oh Spanish is so chill and like they just you know you just come when you come and it doesn't matter if you're like and I'm like no it's the opposite they get mad at me if I'm not extremely punctual they're always expecting me to plan um they talk the way they speak is so direct it almost sounds rude yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's exactly how she said it to, she's like, why did you come at this time and I'm like I'm three minutes late <laughs> I don't understand yes. <laughs> yeah I feel definitely time? no I definitely understand like the punctual like being very punctual like Germany is very punctual it's funny that you say that because in Germany it's very punctual but the school I was working on working at was very you know relaxed it you know it didn't really matter honestly it did not even really matter if you came in late or not I mean it of course it did if you kept doing it but I mean it was like very like free-flowing and um the biggest cultural difference that's honestly like a really good question because i don't have like one specific thing like i can say like this is a main cultural difference it's really just yeah just how people approach life do you think you'd be interested in pursuing international education in the future yeah honestly yeah yeah i would honestly and then, like when you meet when you when you ask that it's like teaching somewhere else, like teaching in a classroom. Yeah. Somewhere else. Maybe teaching somewhere else, or maybe being in part of, uh, um, in charge of or a part of an abroad program, mm-hmm. or setting up something where 
it's that I think that's just something that's interesting. I assisted with um, the Erasmus program at my school, and so like obviously you know because like taught in Germany, part German, all that stuff. But Erasmus, like they have Erasmus here, so like different schools of different countries come together and they do projects and they have intercultural exchange and develop relations that way, like within European EU countries.、Mm-hmm. Um, And so even that, like you know, like going and going back, maybe going back to Germany, but then just being a part of Erasmus or like helping coordinate Erasmus stuff. Like, do you have any interest in, you know, furthering your international education or、nice. working in international education? That's a really good question, Mila. Like, I w- I've been thinking about it this year, honestly. Like, it's it's crossed my mind definitely. I would say, I'm open to the idea. I wouldn't want to go. I would honestly want to stay in Berlin, honestly. Like、mm-hmm. I feel, I feel at home there, you know, like a second、mm-hmm. home.、Um, I would, yeah. I mean, I was honestly thinking about. There's a, an American school there, and you told me. Yeah, there's. You have to to apply. You have to have three years of teaching experience. I'm on my second, <laughs> so, I mean, it's been. It's like something that crossed my mind, and it would be, it would be nice to teach in Berlin. Just to,、mm-hmm. I would like to, I would like to be a classroom teacher. Honestly, if I had、mm-hmm. to choose, I would prefer to be like a classroom teacher, probably like at an American school, or even like、mm-hmm. at a kita, like a kindergarten, and just be a kindergarten teacher. I get so I should say like the kindergarten in Germany is actually like pre-K. So in、okay. technicality, like I would be like a pre-K teacher.、Um, But with that, there's multiple different teachers. Like there is like four or five teachers in one class, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is it almost like Montessori, where you have multiple、almost. age groups?、Uh, really? Almost. Almost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fascinating. The、like、the kita I was working at was not in Montessori, but、um, like my friend now and my coworkers that I was working with in Berlin now work at a Montessori, and. It's. It wasn't. It wasn't like that、uh, loose. I would say, but on that edge, I would say, you know, just where you let would let the kids just do whatever. Like they would be, but they would be orderly if that makes sense. Like for instance, like we would go. Berlin is a big city. It's a lot of different,、right. people, a lot of different, you know, like different modes of transportation. Like we were, we would take like three and four. Four, five, four, five-year-olds across the city using public transportation, and so like that. Yeah, right. You're like, wait, what? How is that even possible? But like, they're so orderly, and they listen. <laughs> they listen to you, and they're able. Like, it was no problem. Like, we were we were able to go into a petting zoo, different theaters across cities. Like it. Like we would guess- travel. You travel with them. I guess my question again—that's like a fascinating statement to make. Do you think that the it is an issue of classroom management? Do you think that the classroom management is better in Germany rather than the United States, or do you think it's also like it's it's another like matter of culture? Like the students inherently are more like whatever likely or willing to listen to authority and to take you know public transport and being in safety, personal safety, seriously, like. What do you think it is? Like personal safety is like driven home. Like we would teach them to look. The playground at our kindergarten is across the street, 
from a little road, like a little road they would have to cross. So we would teach them to look left, right, left, right. No cars. Okay, you would go. They would be paired up, so they would both look and go. It would be like very orderly. Like they have their order, they know what to do. And so when we were traveling uh, with my with my pre-K class, we would they would sit. You know, two people. They would have partners, and they would sit, you know, or not sit, but uh, they would hold off. In, in a line, right? Exactly. And they were just always like on top of it. It was never an issue. They never like ran away or like were thinking about. <laughs> they were always like in a nice line with no problem. Like they was, this would be like we we would travel with like sixty kids at a time, and we would have about like what five five adults. But it was and never. Was it would never be a problem. Yeah. It would just, we would just go, and it would never be an issue. But like you said, with classroom management, though, Mila, like being a teacher for just being just the English teacher that would just go once a week, I found it that they really, a lot of the kids, just thought it was complete playtime, and it, mm. it was a little hard for them to. Uh, you know, it'd be just a little hard for them to uh, to stay focused and to to do the assignments. And they like the kids are more brutal in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> like, more honest. More the honest. language is more harsh. Yeah. I had this one kid, this one little girl. I was we were just having fun. We were just going, and this girl, little girl, said, "You laugh like a witch." She said this in German, <laughs> and I would kind of like dot for a second. I was like. My laugh kind of did sound like a witch, so I'm like double down, <laughs> and so I like just laughed like as a witch, like twice as hard, and she just gave me like the most like disgusted look. But like yeah, <laughs> kids are way more like honest in in Germany. I feel like just like their brute honesty. That's funny. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. I guess it's probably a common. I don't know. I've never been honestly, but. It might be a combination of like of both things of like culture and like it's not you know ingrained idea of like you know respect for your teachers and respect for like safety blah blah but it also could just be more explicit instructions so like you know like this girl telling you you laugh like a witch that she talks very directly and specifically that's like the biggest thing that we learn when we're doing education prep right talk in specific act like action oriented sentences <laughs> mm-hmm. give your students directives that are short and easy to understand yeah. and so if your language is more I think set up or you know made to be direct it might be easier for kids to follow those directions whereas yeah. I think I think in English and I think also just American culture you're to be polite you like talk around some things and people are supposed to infer but students aren't able the kids don't infer things they need to hear explicitly what you actually want to do and so that's something that I noticed it's like for me at least it was a big issue when I started teaching is because I would I would tell them something and then it would be like the one time and they wouldn't understand I like was I could not wrap my head around why they didn't understand me and it was truly that there were so many little explicit like not stuff that I wasn't making explicit and mm-hmm. so then I had to shorten everything and be very specific about okay you are going to read your book starting on page 69 in the first paragraph until the end once you're finished you need to 
put up your book, do this thing, whatever, chunk it all up. You have 20 minutes to do it. Like, you know, my big timer. And so I wonder if it's that too. Like, I think that English and I think also just American culture might just not be as direct. And so it must be harder to some extent to, at least for little kids, to understand what it is that an adult wants them to do. Um, who knows? Who knows? That's something that I noticed in Spain a lot. The teachers will like be frustrated and not understand why the kids don't understand something, but they haven't explained it. Exactly. Um, like yeah. for example, one of the teachers wanted the kids to make a bingo board with um, six spaces to put to write in the vocabulary words for the bingo board. Um, but they didn't explain that they wanted it only to be a certain size so that they could have multiple spaces of the bingo board. All they said was fold your paper six ways and then draw a bingo board. And so the kids do like a bingo board where each square that was folded or whatever would be its own space to write one name. But in reality, the teacher wanted a single like drawn out bingo board for each empty square. Yeah. So like they could have said that, but they didn't. And then they got mad at the students for taking like 20 minutes to do it. <laughs> okay. And so I don't know, that's also a thing, right? Like if you, when you assume what people know, whether or not you decided like, it's a universal problem, but maybe not as much for a culture where being direct is normalized, you know? Exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I guess my last question is what's next for you? What's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah, so I teach first grade now. It's my second year. And so next year is gonna I'm gonna move to pre-K. And that's gonna be something different. Like this is something I'm not really like I told my principal, like actually like first grade is a bit out of my comfort zone. I would feel more comfortable. I honestly feel more comfortable with with older kids. Um but yeah, being in pre-K, it's it's a it's a whole new world. It's something completely different, and we're gonna be learning uh, letters and letter names and sounds. And yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to expect. I don't know how I will like it. Right? Like I'm have yet to experience it, but um, I am excited for it. I am looking forward to it. I would, I would prefer to, I would honestly prefer to be in pre-K than do another year in first grade. Really? Yeah, really. Just because it's something different. Like, I already know what first grade is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what pre-K is. And I do feel like, I think it's important to put yourself in difficult positions. And mm-hmm. that way you can learn. Like, I honestly am a true believer, like, you have to get out of your comfort zone to grow. That's the only way to grow. So you have to do it. And so it was brought up to me like to do pre-K and I would have never picked pre-K myself, but now that it was kind of, you know, talked about and not forced upon me, but you know, su- suggested, uh, I feel confident and ready for it. I'm, I'm excited for pre-K. Excited for pre-K and continuing education. I'm very proud of you. Well, that concludes our time in this podcast. If you want to stop the recording. Thank you.